there's a lot to be said around that to make sure you're optimizing and you're pushing the envelope as well. Also, if you fill up too quickly, you probably are charging way too little. So you do want to have that balance of value and what you're charging. Welcome to the Big Fat Real Estate Checks Podcast with Marco Kozlowski, where we help investors like you get the knowledge and skills you need to replace your J-O-B with passive cash flow for life. Hey everyone, welcome to another super exciting, hopefully exciting episode of Big Fat Real Estate Checks, where I am joined today with uh, Gabriel Araish and uh, checklist for my checklists, Frank Galuccio. Yes, I've changed your name again, Frank. I've been having a little fun today. <laughs> <laughs> I see yes. that. I see keep, that. Uh, Frank on the last podcast, if you did not hear it, got uh, ejected, evicted from his uh, his internet for a few seconds and having internet issues. And uh, we've been poking uh, fun at that uh, quite <laughs> for the last hour, having a ton of fun with it. And uh, today we're going to continue this discussion about tenants. Uh, the last episode, if you missed it, uh, go back to it, listen to uh, how to find good tenants. We had a good discussion around that. And of course, uh, now... Now we're going to be discussing on how to or what to charge tenants. Uh, we can continue that discussion as well uh, and how to have property managers really apply the information that we're going to be giving them with uh, checklists if necessary, which Frank is a master at, uh, really is good at putting checks and balances together as is uh, Gabe, of course. That's why I hang around these guys because they're smarter than me in a lot of the areas that I'm weak in. And of course, uh, you, the listener, I hope you are really enjoying this journey with us of three crazy kids or just really three kids with hair in awkward places uh, having these discussions on how we can improve not only our own businesses, but yours as well and how to develop uh, processes to uh, never have to work again, leveraging other people's money to build a uh, fortress of assets that spin off cash flow for generations to come. So you don't have to work hard for money that other people's money can actually work hard for you. And this is what we discuss and continue to discuss and have a lot of fun discussing. And uh, we're going to continue the journey today. So again, if you don't like this yet, love it, please do. Uh, I don't know if that even made any sense, but if you have not really uh, subscribed. Or at least tell us what we need to do. If you don't like it, you better like it now. That's like my dad. And uh, yeah, so you got to love it or you're basically out of the house. And you uh, just, you know, of course, uh, click it, subscribe, uh, share this if you can, if you enjoy uh, having fun, making money and uh, creating generational wealth. Uh, please uh, share this with as many humans as possible. All right, so intros are done. We're talking about tenants. I think we're talking about how to find, not how to find good tenants because that was the last podcast, but what to charge tenants and the mechanisms around that and uh, property management and all that fun jazz. So who would like to start? How about Frank before he gets cut off the internet? I can start, yes, that's fine. You know what? Uh, What to charge is going to be very subjective on what your competitors do. So I like hacking my competitors, whether it's in business or, or, or tenants. And, you know, I even have t-shirts, so, you know, the hacker, uh, because well, you know, is, what? you're it's, Italian. It's, so you like to hack things. I like to hack things. Yes. We'll keep that for another, for Frank many, many, dark. many definitions of a hacker. So click, click the button now, subscribe for after dark with Frank. <laughs> you need, what gauge of plastic more. do you need? How much lime do you need? Yes. What oh, kind the of plastic shovel? Is this, this is, this is Frank after dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh well, my goodness! And the voice changes. I have a uh, voice uh, change. Uh, Scrambler. Yeah. All right, yeah. all right, all right. You know what? Ooza. You look. At, I look at. Yeah. I look at. Uh, I look at my competitors. 
So if you're buying a property in a certain area, look at your competitors, see what they offer and see, can you offer the same or even better? Uh, see what they're doing or not doing that you can do better and see what they're charging their tenants. And there's great tools online. So again, depending on what property you have, if you're doing hospitality, you can easily check what people's rates are because you could just go on the online uh, travel agencies like uh, bookings.com or Expedia or whatever. If you're doing residential, just look at local classified ads. Even if you go to Zillow, uh, a lot of places, a rentometer, apartments.com, you could just pick a zip and you'll see, okay, one bedroom apartment, uh, this is what it's going for, uh, this is how much square footage, great. Then you know, at least you can gauge yourself. And you could, you know, and there's rental meter is a perfect tool. It gives you what the average, the median and the low and the highs in that area. And, and if you get a paid subscription to it, they'll even show you, I guess it provides more data on reports on the property. So uh, that would be a great start uh, for anyone to say, okay, what can I get at this? And actually we use this to do reverse engineer a property. So we want to know, you know, we don't buy in Proforma. You've heard of us, you know, from our previous book. We don't buy in Proforma, but we do like to reverse engineer to see what does the end game look like for us? What are we going to cash out when we do refi? Uh, so looking at the market rents or the future market rents, uh, even with market appreciation, what is that going to look like is, you know, you'll be a lot more educated going in uh, and, and to make sense of the deal. Craig said it all. I think we're done now. That's it. Right. Uh, Thanks, everyone. Uh, well, bye. <laughs> Drop yes. the mic. It's but, gone. Yeah, so when you're looking at, at charging rent, so yes, looking at your competitors is one thing, but not just on price. Understand what it is that they're offering for that price. So you got to understand the value for the number. So the price is one thing. And obviously when you're doing some planning, because, you know, if you're optimizing a property, you're, you know, basically taking a property and renovating it and then want to rent it out. So when we do our own pro formas or projections of what we can do with a property, then yes, you're going to look at the number alone because that gives you an idea of what the average or the mean uh, rent is in the area. And that's going to help you project. But you know, let's say you own the property and you want to rent it out or you have a an evicted individual or you have an empty unit and then you want to rent it out, then you got to understand what it is that you're offering compared to your competition. And, you know, as you know, we're, you know, very big on hands-off. And so we have a property manager in place. There's a few things you can do. And depending on the size of your property, how many units you have available, the best way to do this is by sending your property manager to do some scouting as well. So go look at the neighboring buildings, have them visit as a ghost tenant and have them check out what it is that they're offering for those units. And then, you can compare to what it is that you can offer. And that's going to do two things. One is going to give you an idea what you can charge for what you currently have. And two, it might actually give you an indication of if you can charge more, what can you do to charge a little bit more and actually attract tenants? So things like silly things like including, you know, internet. And even though you're paying for the internet for the whole building, well, you, you might be able to charge a premium of, you know, $30, $40 a month because some people are paying more than that for internet on their own, but you can get a wholesale deal on the whole building and then just transfer those costs to the to your tenants. The more you give, the more likely tenants are going to select your unit over another. And that part, having more demand than supply is going to be a driver for your building. That's what you want because you're never going to be empty and people are going to always select your building first and then the rest or the ones that you don't want, they'll go somewhere else. Like perks, like internet, security, cable. security, cable. I don't even know what cable is anymore because we all do stuff mm. from the internet. But uh, <clears throat> cable's dead. But uh, A landline. <laughs> we have Blockbuster in the building. It's unbelievable. Yeah. You can rent all the betas. 
and DVDs that you would ever want. Yeah. All right. It's like the dresser where you put in the big cassette yes. in whatever. The, yeah, the betas. Value add. Yeah. Yeah. Value add. The betas. The, like securities, uh, well-lit building on the outside. So it's very safe with, you know, a lot of cameras so people feel safe. Just small things make a big difference. And one thing I do want to debate is, do you want 100% occupancy all the time? Do you want, or do you want to be the lowest priced with the highest amenities, or do you want to be the highest priced and always have a unit available so someone can come in at a premium? And there's a debate around that. I would prefer to be, have a waiting list and just be under market, have the best product for the just under market price and high demand. And that, because every month that I'm vacant, let's say it's an $800 a month in rent, and I'm never empty, and I'm 50 bucks short on what the average rent would be, I'm losing $800 versus losing 50 for a whole year, which is only 600 bucks. So every month that I'm empty, I'm losing 800 versus losing 600 bucks for the whole year, never being empty. So there's a lot to be said around that to make sure you're optimizing and you're pushing the envelope as well. Also, if you fill up too quickly, you probably are charging way too little. So you do want to have that balance of value and what you're charging. Frank, I don't know if you're frozen or if you're actually... No, no, I'm not frozen. Actually, I just want to add to that because it's an interesting decision. Like, what do you want to be? Do you want to be the most expensive and still have uh, some units available? Or do you want to be just slightly under market and and be full? I guess that would depend on where you are in your cycle. I know for when I got my uh, the hotel, for instance, I wanted to be under market, not because I felt that my uh, that property was uh, subordinate to my competitors. I wanted more guests. I wanted more tenants in there so they can leave me reviews. So I can rank higher on Google or on uh, bookings.com or Expedia. So I actually went below, below the market, but I felt that we were more superior than our competitors, but I went below so I can fill it 100%, number one, so I can get the good reviews. And number two, like if you've been following us, you know, after you, you optimize a property, you want to stabilize it. So I was trying to stabilize the P&Ls, the, the profits and loss for that year. So when a financial institution does look at it, you know, 12 months or 18 months down the road, they're like, okay, well, shit, this is pretty stable. And then once you refi, then I like that strategy, Marco, where I'm going to charge a premium. And I think we're getting there. I want to charge a premium and I'm okay with having two or three empty units because the higher premium that I have the tenants in there, I'm making just as much, if not more. So yeah, there's a balance. So it's, yeah, and it's choices that you make. And again, I would prefer to be, have a premium product for just under what anyone else is charging or just over. So for, instead of being $100 more because you get all these other amenities, it's only $38 more and I get all this stuff. Shit, I can find 38 bucks and I wanna live here. So it compensates. Now what you can do if you have the right leases and you have the right strategy is you're gonna get this price for the first three months and every three months there's going to be an increase so you actually tiptoe them in or stair-step them in into a premium rent, but they start off at a lower rent. And your lease doesn't have to say there's no rent increases for a whole year. Your lease can do what you can do whatever the heck you want, which is completely different from Quebec. I just had a, a group of Canadians that I was speaking for and they're like, well, how are you going to increase the rent legally? And I'm like, I don't even understand the question because they're so used to dealing with, there's a body in Quebec that says how much you can actually charge. They even forbid you to raise the rent a certain amount. It's forbidden, which is, you know, I forgot how, you know, terrible that is, but that's just how it is in certain areas in Canada. And that's just not how it is in the US. So you can literally have a $100 a month increase if you wanted to in your leases, as long as people agree to it. So 
you can really have a, play a lot of games where you can stair step things. I call it tiptoe to the tenant because tiptoeing is a lot better than a stair step. It just is more cute. And uh, you know, we're going to give you a really good deal this month for the next three months, and then it's going to go up and going to go up. So you're you're getting a good deal today, but don't expect this. This is a special we're running, and you get them on the lower price, but at the end it evens out to you know about market rent or a little bit above at the end but you're getting them on all the amenities and a cheaper price point to get in. So it's it's very sexy. You know, the suppliers do that. Uh, the internet suppliers do that over here. They get you in on the first year as an introductory yep. rate. As they, they call it the introductory rate. And then they stick it to you for the last two years. So you have to do a three-year commitment. The first year is, you know, is awesome. And then the last two years, you're paying back what you saved on the first year. And then you have to know also where you're located, right? And that's going to be a big indicator of what you're going to include in your property and what's worth including what's not worth including what you know what people are able to pay also in that neighborhood or in that area uh, you have to understand the demographics of who's going to be your tenant and you know if you're in the middle of nowhere where there's no jobs it's going to be a lot harder it doesn't matter how high of a quality you have as a product if people can't afford to pay what you need what you're asking for it's just never going to work out for you so you have to understand your location just like if you're in a grade a location where you know everybody's fighting for a unit you know i've seen over here where we've basically left always one unit vacant at the end and then if there's six seven people well we have an auction basically so we have everybody come in and then they fill out a form with a lease and they write the number that they want on it and then we can decide you know from there obviously the background checks all that's been done beforehand and then it's just an auction as who's going to pay the, the highest amount to take that unit and that kind of defines rent right because market value is always determined by why what someone is willing to pay for something so and that can help you increase the rents on the others in the future or just maintain them with slower increases but again that works in certain markets it won't work in others depending on the location depending on product where it's located well let's talk about that for a second going to another tangent where the multifamily that we own in mississippi is all mostly section 8 tenants and it's right. going to be very difficult to find a working human there because there's no industry literally in the middle of nowhere and i think we have the only multifamily that's there in the town and when I went there to turn on the the uh, the water, I had to go. Ownership, it was really backwater, back, you know, cornfields. It was hard to find. I had to find City Hall, and it wasn't on Google or any of my maps. And I had to ask someone, where's City Hall? And the answer was, it's behind the store. And the store was actually a gas station. So it's like that was the direction that I got from locals. It's behind the store. And I, I got it three times and I don't know like where I don't know where the store is on a map. Like there's no fucking store. It's it's next to the tree. It's, it, it doesn't make any sense. There's one stop sign. But just to that point is, you know, it was an interesting experience, but nobody lives there except, and we're pretty much full. If I'm not mistaken, we have one or two vacancies. It yeah. doesn't, you know, almost a hundred units and it's, almost full all the time right and it's because of section 8 that comes in you know they fill it for us and we've made we built our model on a section 8 taking care of us so there's those government programs as well where you can fill in your tenants even if it's in the middle of nowhere we're looking at a property right now in texas that has about 30 units middle of nowhere literally like tumbleweeds in this apartment building and it's mismanaged, but they're not taking advantage of any of the government programs or subsidies. So before we take a look at these, you know, and we're driving the price down because it's in the middle of nowhere, but 
if you get it subsidized by Section 8 or any of the HUD programs or even VA, you can make a killing because they're going to be, they're paying 30% more than what they're getting right now. They just never thought of going into a government housing program. So you can really increase rents. They just depress the rents to attract as many people as possible instead of figuring out who is going to be paying the highest rent possible, the government, and they have to deploy their cash or they lose their budgeting for the year after. I think we've had a podcast on this. I'm pretty sure we have. So go back and listen to that, whatever number that was. But those are also great opportunities to capitalize on to get your tenants. Yeah. That's, we, is that's, anything else? That's so... No, I think we've covered it all. all right. Just to add to Section 8, though, that's guaranteed income, too, in the sense that like, they deposit <laughs> directly in your accounts. There's typically not even a collection issue there. It's uh, You're always going to collect your income. Right. So... Go back to the last podcast, find the best possible tenants. Actually, this kind of bleeds over into that as well. You know, make sure management is applying all the information you're getting. Charge the most amount of tenant using the tools that are online and looking at your competition. How can you be better? And how can you not only be better now, but plan it where you can maybe be really, really under market and then stair step or tiptoe your way up to being better than market. So when you get to the refinance stage and optimization and stability phase, you can refinance and just kill it and have a lot of fun with it. So hopefully this was educational. Hope you enjoyed it. Frank, thanks for not getting pushed out of this call. It was nice to have you for the entire duration of this podcast. And I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully doing that again. Thanks, guys. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your evening. And of course, crush it. Learn these things. Apply them, most importantly, because learning something and not doing anything is a real tragedy. Too many people do a lot of, th- you know, know a lot of things but are too chicken shit to do anything. So please don't be that human. Do whatever it takes to be successful for your future. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. If you like this episode of Big Fat Real Estate Checks, then show some love by leaving a comment and a good rating. Also, as a thank you for tuning in today, we've got a special free gift. The journey to passive cash flow for a life starts by finding deals, and it's easier than you think. Simply go to getdealsbytuesday.com, enter your email address, and we'll send you a free quick start course called Deals by Tuesday. Even if it's 11 p.m. Monday night, this course will show you how to find discounted real estate deals by Tuesday. It's that fast and simple. Go to getdealsbytuesday.com and start your journey toward life-changing cash flow today. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode. Mm -hmm.